Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. This is the 19th Tea Podcast. Kieran Marsh and Nathan Drudy back with you for another week. Drew's a little bit of tournament action to speak about all across the world. We had Terrell Hutton, the first time winner on the PGA Tour. Jorge Campillo was at the, uh, the winner at the Qatar Masters. Uh, Aussie Andrew Dodd narrowly missed out on the Asian Tour. But good to be back with you, my friend, after what was, uh, well, I think, you know, we would unashamedly say a little bit bashfully a great couple of chats with Tom Coyne. Wasn't that a, wasn't that an absolute treat for the night? Oh, it was. And it has gone gangbusters on the, uh, on the download numbers, which is, which is always nice as well. So uh, big, big raps to everyone who's, who's downloaded that one. But uh, yeah, lots of, lots of interesting tournament golf. It was nice to see players maybe getting beaten up a little bit down at Arnie's place. Uh, so um, I always enjoy seeing players struggle. Don't we? And we will get to that. And much <laughs> how <more>. means that? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we always talk about how much we enjoy the fact that players do often, uh, well, not too often, but when they do get the arse end of a course, we thoroughly enjoy watching um, the, them be humanised and, yes, and must be able right. to empathise with their plight. So that certainly happened to Bay Hill, particularly on Saturday. We will get into that very shortly. But Drew, so what, what are we toasting Terrell Hatton with for his first PGA Tour victory? Well, we were just chatting about this before. We couldn't actually remember it if we've done this beer, but turns out we haven't. Uh, and I'm talking about Gage Rhodes' single fin. Uh, probably the beer that kickstarted everything for, for Gage Rhodes over here in WA. Uh, it's described as a, a beer that is more refreshing than a face full of the Frio Doctor. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll pay that. That's a pretty, pretty good, good way to describe it. 25 IBUs, 4.5% alcohol. Crack it open, KM. It's a, it's a delicious beer. Jesus, that's a loud one. Mm. Um, we need to go back to the, the bottles. I'm all about the bottles at the moment. Oh, I mean, that is aptly named too, because let me tell you, the, a face full of the Freo Doctor is refreshing, but yes. uh, the single fit, I mean, it's, it's one of an old favourite of both yours and mine. So yeah. um, oh, they've done great things. And the most surprising thing about this, Druids, is the fact that it's taken this long to have this beer. Podcast, I would suggest. Yeah. Well, because we've been going for some wild shit, we just think the weirder the better. <laughs> we've ignored the good stuff in front of us. Yeah, toast to uh, toast to the Gage Roads team. Toast to Terrell Hatton Dreads. As I said, yes. a breakthrough, a four-time uh, winner on the European Tour. His first mm. win, though, uh, at Arnie's tournament, a one-shot victor. Uh, you know, somewhat selfishly for us, a bit heartbreaking for. Mark Leishman running yeah. a one shot, uh, one shot second, uh, but you know Terrell Hatton, geez, he showed some uh, some some big balls, really some big nuts on the on the back nine after really falling in a heap on eleven. He double bogeyed eleven after driving into the water, and then uh, seven straight pars to uh, to hold it all together and, and and eventually get that one shot victory over Mark Leishman. Yeah, he's uh, he's a bit of a favourite. Of mine personally, I just like. I just Love think he goes. Yeah, just, a lad. Yeah, I just think he goes goes about it. Well, I mean, like he's probably the most negative person you've ever seen on a golf course. But God, he hates um, himself. Oh. He does. I mean, but I think I like that because there's a bit of me in that. I don't know. Yeah. Like every time you go out there and you think that you're just going to nail a five iron into a tucked pin or something, and, and you don't because I'm playing off nineteen, and, and I'm like, oh, you dickhead! Why did you try that? <laughs> and there's Terrell. But uh, yeah, look, no, it, it, importantly on his mental demons, he touched on that about, you know, the fact that he has struggled with that and he's, and he struggled with obviously beating himself up a bit on the course. So for him to, uh, to walk away with, with a narrow win, with a win that he had to grind out uh, with obviously Leash, um, you know, playing some very good golf. Sung Jay was there as well, um, you know, in, in some great touch of form, but yeah, for Terrell Hatton to walk away with a W, I'm sure he would have been absolutely elated to be wearing uh, the Arnie's jacket, which, in my humble opinion, is one of the great jackets. I mean, obviously we have the green jacket, but I like that red. Looks, I really, I, I really like the. I mean, sidebar, we get distracted for a moment, but I really liked the cardigan tributes hmm. over the weekend. I thought Ricky's Ricky's pink cardigan was 
dope. Yeah. I loved that. Uh, I that the only Ricky could have pulled that off. hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's cooler than the other side of the pillow. Is is Ricky Fowler and 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 the little tribute to Arnie in that fashion was great. But I think also you know, um, I thought Terrell Hart was quite good post mm. round. He spoke about. Obviously, when you break through for your first victory, and we've seen a number of first-time winners so far in the 2019-2020 season, it's special um, wherever you do it and whenever you do it. But, you know, he, he took the time to point out the fact that it meant something a little bit more, you know, mm. that it was more significant that it happened to be Arnie's tournament. And it was obvious that all the players get up for that. I mean, um, you know, Leash was going for a second uh, a, a yeah. second Arnold Palmer, and you know his his back was right up on that back nine in particular. I mean, he came back from I think he was I think he was five back after three putting eight mm. to get within one, you know. And Sung Jaim after the, you know his breakthrough victory last week at the Honda, uh, you know, again in the mix, you know, you can tell the players have an appreciation for the history of the, not only the tournament but particularly the man who's who it's named in his in his honour. And uh, yeah, nice to see Terrell, I think, take the time to acknowledge that. But I, but also Drew's, I mean, to your point, a hundred percent on the he's just raw, I think, you know. Like, yeah. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but I mentioned that the double bogey on eleven after he pulled his tee shot into the water on the left. He <laughs> he started off by motioning like a shotgun with his club like he was shooting the water and then as he pulled his club back towards his back he just flipped the bird at the lake like he just gave the lake the finger it's just it's odd like different but yeah. again the type of thing where you look at it and go that's the type of thing i can see myself doing yeah oh 100 pretty sure i did it today yeah <laughs> and it's just the whole the whole way around he's bantering with his caddy um there's a couple of hot mic moments that was yeah like, I, I was just gonna mention that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, one of the, the commentators apologised for the swearing was picked up from the caddy. I think oh. it's just, yeah. When he asked, he's like, have you ever seen a worse golf shot? <laughs> and his caddy was like, oh, I don't really know what to say here. And he's like, answer the question. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's, he's, he's so, I just think he's so relatable. And that's what I think, uh, you know, that's what I think we find impressive about him. And he, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we speak about being, disappointed for Leash uh, and it would have been fantastic to see him break through for another win, particularly this close to the Masters and the top of form line that puts him on. However, if he's going to lose, uh, you know, with no shame in losing to a, a player of Terrell Hatton's quality, but but a, a guy like him as well. You know, the mm. two needs more guys like, like Terrell, uh, more guys who have a personalised golf buggy uh, in the team Euro colours with the score from the Golf Nationale printed on the front, uh, the yeah. stick it up all these American mates. So that that Flex. sort of stuff is excellent. And yeah, he's a uh, he's better is uh, sorry golf is better for having characters like Terrell Hatton in it. Yeah. Oh look, you know, and he's going to be around for another three years. He gets his his PGA uh, Tour exemption for three years. Takes home one point seven million dollars. It's a good good week's work for for Terrell. But um, I just wanted to touch on. Uh, on leash if, if you've got anything else on Terrell. Uh, no, no, please, please do go to leash because I've got a few things here too. Yeah, leash is in some serious form uh, without staining Absolutely. the bleeding obvious. Um, you know, he, he's going to have some great preparation come the Masters and if he wants to go to the Olympics, whether the event itself actually happens or not, uh, he's going to be going with, with serious credentials. Uh, and, you know, I know we've thrown around a lot of names around Masters and we don't want to put the mockers on anyone, but you can't fault what Leash is doing at the moment uh, and to play in the conditions that he did on the weekend. Uh, he, he is playing very, very good golf and, and hitting the ball cleanly, which I think is the biggest part. Yeah, this so, so the, the second place finish, I think, puts him at 15 in the world rankings. Second highest he's ever been. He's peaked at 12. A couple of years ago, never been in the top 10, but, you know, certainly the way he's shaping at the moment, you wouldn't think top 10's out of the question in the next few weeks. And I think it's the consistency of his ball striking. Really, Drew, you know, after that three-part on eight, I probably didn't see him genuinely play another foul shot maybe until 18, where he, he, he sprayed his drive, albeit into the first cut on the right, and then really had to go out the pin and, and, and you know, put his approach shot to the far left of the green on the edge. And, and that was really where he canned himself out of winning the tournament. But, you know, 
when the whips were cracking, he he was certainly there and thereabouts. And and I think what we've seen from him in the last few weeks is probably an acknowledgement that you're getting to the business end in terms of the big tournaments of the year are on the doorstep and they're all going to happen in quick succession. You know, you've got the players now next week, you've got the Masters in a couple of weeks' time and then you get on a bit of a roll. And this is where the really good players, um, of which now Leash is putting himself in the conversation, this is where they take another step up and he's certainly done that in the last few weeks. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about what, what Augusta National holds for him. Mm. Um, I think probably more in general, we get caught up, I think, in talking about maybe a top tier of five or six players all the time. But I, I think there's a genuine second tier um, who who will threaten this year. Uh, I think he may well be one of them. I think the man who we just spoke about before, who won last week and put himself thereabouts again this week. I think Sung J M, he he could do anything. The way he strikes an iron will be critical around Augusta National. Yeah. And and he himself could could threaten. And I think that the Masters this year, it may well be as wide open as it's been in, in recent memory. Yeah, for sure. Does Leash win again this this season? Because obviously I don't want to take anything away from 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 his victory earlier this year or his performance you know, here, but particularly earlier this year, it wasn't the strongest field going around, but you can only beat who's out there. Does he win again uh, in this season, given that now we're in, in the thick of things and, and we've got the full cut of players back? Yeah, I, I think I think he's as good a chance as winning again this year as he's been in recent in recent years to be a multiple winner in, in the same season. Hmm. Um, the the only question mark that continues to hang over his head is is his back. Yeah, and that's you know again we only have to look at Jason Day with withdrew from this tournament, hmm. um, and and that back is so fragile. And we're not in any way suggesting that Leash is, is near the, the severity of the injury that Jason Day carries. But once there's existing back problems, I mean, look at Tiger. Withdrew from this, mm. is now withdrawn from the players because the back is too stiff. It's not ready. Mm. So, you know, that's my only concern for Leash long-term is how he continues to manage the back because that's exactly what it is. It's not a, he's never going to get a back to, you know, full fitness. It's now management question and that's yep. that always brings with it an element of concern and, and, and question but based on what we've seen out of him in the last you know four or five weeks nothing nothing tells me that he can't win again yep. again this year absolutely the conditions were horrid oh bay hill <laughs> belted the bejesus out of players saturday round three yes max homer the solitary player under par i believe it was the highest Scoring average at Bay Hill for more than forty years. Yeah, two under was the low round of the day. That Unbelievable. Was, Harry yeah. Higgs, who sidebar one of the one of the best new characters on the tour. I think I think I saw him tweet afterwards. He's never played a tougher day of golf mm. than Saturday at Bay Hill. And Druids, we've spoken about this, but you know the the greens were pretty much brown. They were baked out, which yeah, is they were awesome. Uh, the second cut of rough was like the green of the deep ocean. That's mm. how like it was. You couldn't see the ball when it yep. went in there. The wind was up. It was unreal. Yeah. Yeah. We've said it many times in this podcast, but we love seeing the players get turned on their head like that. Yeah, I just think it like it demands creativity. You know, like it's not, it's, I think it takes away the ease of the, the, the bomb and gouge game because when the wind's up and, and you don't adapt to it, you do end up in, in shit lies and you do have to play interesting shots and, and all that, that sort of the mentality changes. And I think that's the part I like seeing players out of their comfort zone. But, you know, Bryson came out and said that, you know, challenging was an understatement. So if Bryson's saying that, then, then the conditions must have been pretty, uh, pretty tough. But yeah, last. I, th- I think it's also it's not it's it's I, I agree with your your take on it forces you to be creative, but I also think it forces you to exercise a level of control that you otherwise don't have to week yeah, in week. Yeah, correct. Out. When you play in these cookie cutter courses that are soft, wide fairways, no wind, you you swing without any fear of consequence. Yeah, because you know that even if even if you're in the first cut. You might even be in the second cut. the The consequence isn't high. The penalty isn't high. Whereas, 
at a place like Bay Hill when the conditions are up, not many players now, the way that the game is going, have the ability to control the ball in a way that allows you to win in those conditions. And yeah. that's what I love. Like I, I love, I love that the creative shots and I love the different thinking that you spoke about, but I also love watching guys who have an ability to flick a switch and just shape the ball, control the ball, the way in which they have to in those conditions to win. And, and the fact that there was one round under par, I, I just, I thought was awesome. Yeah. And I know we sound like sadists, but <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to see players struggle, we've said it a thousand times before, it's you see yourself in them when they mm. play, when they play rounds like that. And, that's what makes golf one of the great games is, you know, there's more, there's more people playing the game than there are that are really, really good at it. Yeah. And so for, for the great majority of us who can only ever dream of, of that sort of talent, watching those sorts of rounds occasionally is, is heartening, I think. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll agree with that. It was, it was wild though, just watching, you know, some of this, the, the last time a winner shot over par, so Terrell Hatton was over par in the final round. The last time that happened was in 2011. Mm. You know, so almost 10 years ago. And we've still got, you know, uh, players with all the advancements that we've had in the last last decade. Now we've still got players struggling. It was it was refreshing to watch, shall we put it that way. 100%. A couple of other quick ones, Drudes, on the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, I, I want to talk about you know, probably more broadly than the Arnold Palmer, the last fortnight for Matt Every. So <laughs> Matt, Every, <laughs> Matt Every, probably uh, more broadly known, he's a back-to-back winner of this tournament in 2014-2015. More recently been in the headlines due to a 12-week ban last year for testing positive for um, prescribed medicinal cannabis. We've yeah. spoken about this before, but I'll just reiterate that 12 weeks for prescription medication. Uh, Matt Every finished the Honda the week previous in dead last, including an 11 in the second round on a hole. Yes. He went out and he was the leader after round one, a seven under on Thursday at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and then hit an 83 on Friday. That's an 18-shot turnaround <laughs> to miss the cut. Yeah. Like, wow. That's, yeah. I mean, what we want to talk about us empathizing with something. I, well, I can't really empathize with the seven under, to be fair, but <laughs> the fluctuation in form is incredible. And what I, what I loved about it as well is his complete honesty. His honesty after round one, not not really like a, I'm surprised, but I'm a little bit shocked that I'm out ahead of Rory McIlroy by two shots after the first round. <laughs> but then he's then he's honesty again after round two. Yeah. You know, like last week at the Honda, I just sucked for two days straight. This was like a gradual progression of sucking worse yeah. hole by hole. And you know, we've spoken about the the honesty in post round interviews before. You know, the most recent example was Victor Hovland. How he spoke about how he's rubbish at chipping. Chipping, yeah. The difference I think I see here is that Victor Hovland, we know as a player of enormous potential. Mm. Matt, Matt Every is more kind of like your every man, pardon yeah. the pun, on, on the PGA Tour. So he's just honest about the fact that he struggles anyway. Victor Hovland's like, oh, you know, if I sort of my chipping, I could be one of the best five players in the world. Matt Every's mm. never going to be one of the best five players in the world. <laughs> and he's just so, like, so raw. And so yeah. fresh in his honesty, you know, like, yeah, you know, I was two shots out ahead of Rory, but I just, you know, went out the arse end with 83 and out on Friday. Quite, quite unbelievable, Dreads. Yeah, I love the honesty. I think we need more honesty in the game. Needs to happen. Should just be like at the start of each season. You're telling me. Jay Monaghan sits down with everyone, all the players, and says, right, listen here. Stop telling people about camera angles. Stop whinging about things. Be honest. Speak your mind. And I think that would make the game a lot more relatable for a lot of people. Couldn't agree more. More, more Matt Every. Be more like Matt Every. And <laughs> Be more like Matt. So to, you, you probably won't hear us say this statement often on this podcast. And it only relates, to be clear, it only relates to um, you know, personality and honesty. Be more like Matt Every and less like Brooks Koepka. Yeah, I yeah I don't know Brooks. He's just another just cut from cut from something else, isn't he? That bloke. 
Drew, it's just one last one uh, before yes. we move off the Arnold Palmer uh, Rory. Uh, another top five finish. So, oh, again, to reiterate, has not finished outside of the top five in the 2019-2020 season. And I think continuing that stat that I said a couple of weeks back, I think it's since – it might have been since – the beginning of the 2018 season, I believe the stat was that he has 50% of his starts are top five finishes. The next closest was Brooks at 38%. It's absolutely uh, wild. He is. And, and again, and, and again, Trudes, uh, a bit of a limp finish. Yeah. A limp finish and still finishes in the top five. And this is what we spoke about. You know, it's what we spoke about two weeks ago. When he gets it together, look out. Yeah, because you know Tiger might be the best player that's ever been, and and at his best, still one of the greats on tour at the moment. I've got no doubt that Rory McIlroy is out and out the best player in the world. He retained his um, number one ranking in the world off the back of this tournament, the hundredth week all time. He's been number one. Only two other players have done that in the history of the game. Tiger's one of them, and, and the Shark, Greg Norman, is the other. Mm. So he joins a pretty illustrious group there, and there's no doubt in my mind, Reds, that at the moment he is the very best player in the world. You know, yeah, he, completely he agree. Didn't have his best golf on Sunday, or really, I mean, Saturday he he did better than most at scrambling in tough conditions. But today, final round, he didn't bring his best golf and still still finished in the top five. Yeah, he scary when he brings this together. Yeah, it will be. Really and it will only be a matter of time too. It'll be within the next month or so. You know, it, potentially it could be at the Masters. Well, could be this it. week at the Players. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's going to defend his title at the players. That wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. And can I tell you, at the Masters, if it can't be... <laughs> I've pulled myself up here because this is going to be a lot of ifs. If it can't be an Australian, if it can't be Tiger back-to-back, and if it can't be Jordan Spieth, then I'd love it to be Rory. <laughs> so there's a lot of ifs there. So Rory, to, to be clear, Rory's about mm, eighth or ninth on my wish list for winning the Masters. <laughs> but I'd still love to see him do it. Because it would shut a lot of people up who have who hold it over his head as if it's something he still has yet to prove. Yeah, he'd love to win the Masters. We'd all love to see him win the Masters. He has nothing left to prove in terms of his credentials no. as a player. Completely agree. And I'd love to see I'd love to see him win it. So there'd be no further questions about his ability. But completely agree. not as much as I'd love to see Jordan Spieth tied back to back or any Australian. So there's there's a condition on that. There's a few conditions. A couple of conditions on that for me. Drew's one. I, I know that I said that was the last one, but it was remiss of me not to not to read this out. I know it's something that um, it was doing the rounds in the lead up, as as in fairness, as it always does. It was doing the rounds in the lead up to the tournament. It's a quote from Arnold Palmer, and uh, a shout out to a, a listener of of uh, the nineteenth tee, Dave Berry, a good, very good friend of the podcast. He tagged me in this on. Uh, on Instagram, but it was a quote of Arnold Palmer's. Golf is deceptively simple and endlessly complicated. It satisfies the soul and frustrates the intellect. It is at the same time rewarding and maddening, and it is without doubt the greatest game mankind has ever invented. He had a way with words, the king. He did. Yeah, that was a a great, great quote. I saw it doing the rounds on social and just summed up beautifully. In one simple sentence, the king just did it. I think he I think he explained all of our frustrations and passions as you say all in once. So thank you to to Dave for bringing that to attention and thank you to the King for all he gave to the game. It was great to see him honored once again at Bay Hill, the tournament in his name. Drudster is moving to the European to a Jorge Campillo was a winner. Yes. In, uh, in one of the longest playoffs oh, I've ever seen. May well be the longest. Oh, let's just keep playing eighteen though. We'll just keep playing eighteen. Just, just keep playing over. I'll just play another hole. Christ Almighty! Like I, I know the reasons behind it, but Jesus, it gets boring after the third time. I don't know. Am I wrong? <laughs> You're not wrong at all. I'd love to see. Just you know, can we go to any other hole on the golf course? Is it possible to you know maybe just double back and play seventeen? Because I, I don't. I, I mean, is there potentially a reason why it did go for five playoff holes? Because you kept playing the same one. That's potentially a contributing factor to the reason why it extended. Not that it was any less exciting. And I mean, to be fair, Jorge Campillo, he, I think he was, I think he was three shots ahead with two to play. So he, two, he really did two with two to play, 
two with two to play. Sorry, he really did fall in a hole mm. and give the Scott David Drysdale a sniff. But yeah, <laughs> interesting. I mean, like it reminds me of the women's uh, playoff we had in the LPGA tour at the beginning of the year. Where I think we was, we, I think we had to come back on a on a second or or a fifth day. Yeah, but a second playoff day because we got to six or seven playoff holes. Is there any danger at mixing up the whole streets of, of of how we go? Should be just like three, and then just have a chip off or something. Just, <laughs> just a like putt off blitz golf performance. Bit of blitz golf, yeah. <laughs> yeah off. like or just bring the tee down and just have a hundred and twenty meter par three or something. Just no one wants to see around playing the same hole over and over again because it's boring. No one cares. So. Hey, I'll Dave Drysdale, though. Oh, God. I was just about to say, he would have cared, poor old Dave Drysdale. So I know we're probably about to share the same stats, so why don't you share it? Oh, 498th European Tour start for the great man. Never won. He's finished second four times, though. David. I reckon Dave, to be fair, would have played nine playoff holes. No, I reckon he would have just get, I reckon he'd still be playing now. <laughs> Let's, let's, no sudden he, he would want to go back to the old US Open style let's play 18 again great idea <laughs> to be fair it'd probably be more interesting than watching this 18 play five times uh, and, and speaking of um, you know congratulations not that we want to um, skip too far over Jorge Campillo but uh, I think Jason Scribner I believe was the highest yes, placed Aussie in the top I do have that here T21 7 under T21 my mistake. Yeah. I think so, Wade Ormsby also um, was in the tournament. Uh, no, sorry, he is. Don't be silly. He played in Malaysia. T T twenty one for Jason Scrivener. Yes, a couple was, of others uh, in there, but cut. Uh, Jake McLeod, Mav Antcliffe, both cut. Uh, Minwoo Lee cut. So um, just screw flying the flag for the uh, for the Aussie boys this week. But um, yeah, it's just it, it's a funny time for the European tour. I know we're going to touch on it in a little bit around around let's Kenya. Touch on it now. We're talking yeah. about European tour. Right. Let's touch on it now. Because yeah, so it's Jorge Campillo, David Drysdale, and the rest of the European tour colleagues are having a week off. Yeah, well, uh, they've obviously got the week off for all the players, uh, and then after that, uh, we have the Hero Indian Open, but the Kenyan Open uh, is obviously canned. Um, Yes, it's supposed to be in Nairobi, the yes. capital of Kenya. And to be clear... Um, Sorry, it is this week. My apologies. Yes, they were going there this week. Yeah. Um, uh, to be clear, it was not a European tour decision. Mm. It was actually called off by the Kenyan government. They yeah. have They have scrapped uh, all um, events with international visitors uh, indefinitely as yes. a result of the... Uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus uh, outbreak. And, yeah, the European tour, Keith Pelly, the commissioner, said, you know, fully supportive for the the, the health and the well-being and the safety of the players, uh, the utmost significance and put that first. But uh, they were not the ones that pulled the pin. It was, in fact, the Kenyan government. So... I just think it's a no-brainer, though. Like, Well, I think we're on the... I mean, the, the European tour had already called off the, the two events in China that were later in the schedule. Um, yeah. And the ladies' tours, canned, ladies tours canned um, parts of the Asian tour canned. Yeah, we're seeing family. this. We're seeing this around the world, Dreads. I mean, we're seeing this in other sports. Um, we're seeing, you know, Italy has been outside of um, China, I believe, the hardest hit country in the world, and mm. you've got you know Italian football matches being played in empty stadiums. Yeah. Um, oh. I think just like it's just something out of out of control though, like you you know out of anyone's control at the moment. So the the decision has to be made for for the welfare of the athletes, you know, to to be able to go. Um, uh, Whitney Hillier was over in Abu Dhabi and they had a they had an event cancelled last week, and you know she was already over there. So um, I mean I don't know how that all goes down with um, you know entry and and I suppose funding yourself to get there and and whatnot, but. Uh, yeah, it's just something that, unfortunately, given the the international nature of golf, is we're going to have to, we're just going to have to ride this one out and and keep putting the the health and, and safety of, you know, the players and the, and the tour staff who travel around at, at the forefront. So, um, you know, credit to the to the Kenyan government for obviously trying to get on top of it, um, and and credit to the European Tour for for not uh, throwing the toys out of the cot either. I think what I do get concerned about. Uh, and I completely agree with you. Uh, you know, they ought to be congratulated, both the, the Kenyan government, the European tour, for supporting this decision to put, you know, the safety of the athletes as the paramount concern. It is foreboding, Druids. 
as you flagged earlier for the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, because if we have events not in the Asian region now being cancelled this far out, I've got some relatively serious concerns for oh, huge. that. And, and not, you know, that's not just, it's not with the tunnel vision of just the golf event. This is the Olympics in yeah. general. Um, but I mean, like we're cancelling international events or, yeah, you know, and we're talking about bringing, you know, a, ma- a large majority of the world's uh, athletes from all different countries to the Asian region. Um, yeah, I don't know. Dep- depends which side of the ledger you want to sit on as to whether it should go ahead or not. But um, I, I think I know which one, uh, which which side I'm sitting on. Quite ironic as well when you when you cast your mind back four years that we had a number of golfers withdraw from Rio uh, due to concerns over the Zika virus. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I imagine that should the, should the event go ahead, you will have a, a large number, I would suggest, um, withdraw again. Yeah. Oh, well, it would certainly be interesting. I mean, like you look at the, you know, from the two Aussies perspective, you know, like it would be worth asking the question, Alicia, are you going to go? Uh, you know, because, uh, yeah, I mean, th- that's the other thing too is is I know the the attraction of obviously representing your country and wanting to win a gold medal and, and all the rest of it, but at what cost as well potentially, you know, if you get this thing. I, I don't know how, how long you're out of action for, but, you know, you're potentially missing, you know, a, a significant chunk of time away from your respective sports. So, It'll be uh, certainly interesting to see how the Olympics shapes up and, and whether the golfers uh, who are obviously selected or, or, you know, have the opportunity to be selected, whether they do choose to go and, and compete in Tokyo. Yeah, still plenty of decisions to come, Druids. And, and what I would hope, uh, and I'm sure it will, is that is that the decision is taken out of the players' hands, that they aren't forced to try and, you know, because it's, it's an impossible decision, you know, give up the opportunity to represent your country in the Olympics. Mm. Um, you're always going to choose your health, but that's such a hard decision. So I, I truly do hope that wherever we land, the decision is taken out of the hands of the players and yeah. that, you know, that the administrations put them first rather than, you know, the, the, the dollar that will come from their, their appearance at these tournaments. Moving right along, my friend, um, I flagged it a little earlier in a minor mishap because Wade Ormsby was not playing in Qatar. Uh, he was, in fact, playing at the Malaysian Open, but he wasn't the best-placed Aussie at the Malaysian Open. That was Andrew Dot, who finished T2 uh, after a playoff, having led for uh, the first two days in a shortened event. Uh, unfortunately, Andrew Dot couldn't quite get their droods, finishing just behind the American Trevor Simsby. Yeah, three-way playoff with uh, Trevor Simsby and, and Jaron Todd. Uh, Todd was knocked out in the first hole. Um, but, yeah, Dottie had a, had a pretty good few days over in Malaysia and... You know, I, I managed to catch a little bit of this tournament and it, and it looked like it was um, quite competitive from, from, you know, from the outset of what I, I was catching there. And, uh, yeah, look, I would have loved to have seen Dottie win this just to, just to put another, you know, feather in the cap of, of his career and, and have um, another winner on the tour or, or in, the, in the tours around the world. Um, obviously, you mentioned Wade Ormsby there, finished inside the top 10. Um, we know what such a good year he's had. He's leading the order of merit over there at the moment. Um, so hopefully Wade can continue kicking some goals and, and obviously um, hopefully Dottie gets over the line in one of the, the events in, in the near future. He's been in really good form. I mean, mm, I think the, that the fact that you've been reading his name and been mentioned a number of times in the last couple of months on, on this podcast, you know, goes to show his consistency is not a concern. Mm. Uh, you know, he was disappointed. He said that himself, but you know, I think the perspective to take a step back and, and judge your weekend on, you know, the, the volume of what you've done over a few days, rather than the fact that you may not be holding the trophy up high holds him in good stead, you know, because it means he's not losing his head after one or two results. He you know, has the ability to take a step back and view his performances yeah, as a whole, and he's definitely trending in the right direction. Is Andrew Dodds? So we, we wish him all the best for the next few tournaments. But I would not be surprised in the slightest roots if we were talking about him as another Aussie winner in the weeks to come. That would he, be nice, uh, wouldn't it? He is there and thereabouts. Speaking of winners, the last of the results over the weekend, 
uh, oh captain, my captain. I speak, of course, of Ernie Els. Yes. Uh, breaking through for his maiden victory on the PGA Tour Champions at the Hogue Classic. I think it's, it was his third or fourth start. Yeah, fourth, fourth start, yeah. Yeah, having started back in January and, and, and the Big Easy breaking through with, with the yellow ball, Dreads, which I'm sure would have uh, brought you no end of joy. I know how much you like seeing professionals play with the yellow ball. Dislike it. Don't know why. Just do. <laughs> anyway, no, look, Ernie's just such a lad. Um, we love like, Ernie. He, you know, obviously his first start back in January, he's only had four starts. And, and I'm sure if, you know, if he wants to continue playing on the PGA Tour Champions, he will have a very good career there as he has on the on the regular uh, PGA uh, Tour. But, um, yeah, look, obviously tied for second at his first, uh, first event back in um, – Back in January, he lost the playoffs. So, um, you know, he, he wasn't that comfortable. He was talking about it um, to, to Golf Digest where he was talking about being uncomfortable on the greens, didn't have free-flowing feeling, um, you know. But so it was uh, certainly certainly interesting to see uh, Ernie on uh, back on the course. Obviously, he had a huge sort of six months with everything with the President's Cup and, and then uh, joining the PGA Tour champions. But, uh, yeah, good to see him get his first victory in uh, in a little while, since 2013, I think it was. We will be eternally disappointed that he has not uh, put his hand up again to be yeah. captain of the international team, but he will always have the support, um, undying support of the 19th tee. He, he's one of the great characters, <laughs> uh, the Big Easy in world golf, and uh, great to that see him break through. That he is. Andrew, before we move on with some other short bits of news and, and a look ahead to the players, mm. going to pay some bills, my friend, because uh, you know, as, as as we as we announced a couple of weeks back, it's been fantastic to welcome uh, our first sponsor to the Nineteenth T family. I speak, of course, of Future Golf, Australia's largest golfing community for younger players, providing access to some of the country's very best courses with Future Golf. Your membership includes free rounds, over 90 discounted green fees Australia-wide, a free professional lesson, an ex-golf simulator session, and of course, Dreadster, uh, the one that you and I uh, are most keen on, the one that we are keeping track of, the one that we are in somewhat of competition with yes. across uh, 2020, the Golf Australia Handicap. The very best part, though, Drudes, is the price, with packages starting at just $24.95 per month. That's right, $24.95 per month. It is the very best value golf membership you will find. Plus, 19C listeners get a further 10% off any future golf memberships with the promo code the 19th T. That's T H E 19 T H T E, the 19th T. So if you're looking for a place to play without the jacket and tie, look no further than Future Golf. Head to futuregolf.com.au forward slash join. And don't forget to use the 19th T promo code for an extra 10% off future golf truths to play your way. Great to have them on board. Always. The official golf club partner of the 19th T. Yes, that they are. Look forward to getting out there, meeting some of the, uh, some of the members very shortly. And uh, yeah, keeping very close tabs on, on the handicap at the moment, which is uh, trending downward, which is nice. Yeah, you're. Uh, if we we mentioned the the competition between us in 2020, uh, I'd say if we're using a Melbourne Cup analogy, you're a Gay Waterhouse horse right out in front. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to be uh, the Maccabi debut who comes home late because I'm certainly not a leader. You've probably played about a tenth of the rounds that I've played. To be honest, I have. You've, yeah, you have. You've racked up some volume. And yeah, we, uh, we will talk about your latest. Uh, before we go tonight, yes, but, um, sure. A little bit of news before we look at the players. Hit me. It is relevant because it concerns the defending champion of the players, uh, Rory McIlroy. Mentioned him a number of times already this week. Uh, last time round that we spoke, uh, when we weren't talking to two-time New York Times best-selling author Tom Coyne, picked that name up off the floor, Kieran. Um, <laughs> we spoke about the fact that Rory had come out strongly in opposition. He's the first player to speak in opposition of the PGL, the Premier Golf League. Mm -hmm. Uh, He doubled down on that uh, after the first round at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So he's on the broadcast speaking to the commentators uh, and essentially reinforced with somewhat stronger language I found this time around, his opposition to the concept. And I think what he cited as his two biggest concerns or really problems challenges with the concept is the fact that 
he was going to be told where to play and when to play. Um, said, you know, he considers himself an independent contractor as a golfer. And the freedom to shape his schedule the way that he pleases is one of the biggest draw cards of the current concept, but also question the legitimacy of the money behind the concept, mm. which has always been the greatest concern. Um, he didn't outwardly say it, but he, of course, speaks of the Saudi investment and the Saudi interest yeah. in the PGL. And Drude's, uh, I, yeah, I mean, two, three weeks ago, when we had this initial conversation after Rory made his first comments of blatantly saying, I'm out. We said that they needed, they needed an announcement mm. post haste to counteract that, and there's been radio silence from mm. the PGL. And I think this doesn't help him doubling down on his comments. But the longer it takes for them to announce anything, the momentum, like it is, the the brakes are slamming at the yeah. moment, and it it had a head of steam, and it's just it's it's fallen off a bit of a cliff. Yeah, it has. Uh, and look, I keep saying it, but I think this whole thing you know, is, is really on Rory's shoulders. Um, I know, obviously, you talk about Tiger being a, an integral part of it, but if they've not got Rory McIlroy playing in this thing, um, you know, he's the best player in the world, as we were talking about a moment ago. And if he's continuing to come out and, you know, he's not really going to change his position now. Uh, you know, I think he's been, he's been very vocal. He's been publicly vocal. Uh, that he's not going to join. So I think it's a, it's a massive uh, dagger to the heart of the PGL. Uh, but I completely agree with you that they need to come back with something uh, pretty quick, smart, and, and a positive announcement. So it'll be interesting to see where this one plays out. The more I think about it, the more I, I, I don't think um, I, I'm going to double down on my stance. I don't think this gets off the ground. So you and Rory have doubled down in a week. That's a yeah, major, why not? major blow it. to the PGO. Yeah, you they're really concerned with the concerns of Nathan Drudy. You throwing your full weight and support behind Rory's stance, but no, mate. I, I, you know, we, I mean, we, we would have him on. Oh, hello, absolutely. Um, <laughs> been on another podcast. Uh, come on, Australia's leading golf podcast. Yeah, that's right. But I tend to agree. For as enthusiastic as I was about it, hmm. and to be fair, I think that was more just something new, something shiny, something fresh. Something yeah, different, you know, something that will force the game to evolve. Um. Yeah, it's a non-starter when you when you have players, and there will be some players. Um, it's the same list of players who have no problem going and playing in the Saudi International. There'll be some players who won't care. Completely agree. Unfortunately for the PGL, none of those players are Rory McIlroy or seemingly Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um, and that therefore it's game over before it gets out the door. Yeah. So it wouldn't be surprised if we continue to hear less and less, which would be difficult because you're nothing at the moment. Uh, mm. But if, if this peters away into the ether and, you know, rears its head again in two or three years. Who knows? Ad nauseum. Oh, speaking, uh, speaking of Rory, I don't, I, don't, I don't think he'll be spending too much time thinking about the PGL or his opposition to it in the coming days because his, his focus um, has turned to defending his, his title at the players and the focus of um, the very best players in the world turned to TPC Sawgrass in Florida for what they call the fifth major druids. Yeah, this is this is such a great event every year to watch. It's it just brings out the best in in the players. Um, I, I, I don't. Know, I reckon a lot of people would would rate this higher than potentially some majors because it means so much to them. Um, you know, the course is brilliant. Um, there's obviously a shant load of money up for grabs, $15 million uh, prize purse. But I think for me, it might, it, this really kicks off the, the start of a few important events and, and really sort of, you know, I suppose projects the PGA Tour's season. We've, got the, we've obviously got the players and we've got the WGC match play, which comes up and the Texas Open and then, and then we're at Augusta. So it's, uh, it's an exciting few weeks for golf fans. It's an exciting few weeks for the players and, and the PGA Tour itself. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I really actually don't know who my pick would be for this week. I think just purely based on uh, the fact that he's the reigning champ, he's playing some unbelievable golf. Um, I mean, it's hard to look past Rory, but uh, that's, the, that's the, I suppose, the nature of these events is to is anyone can win them on their day. Absolutely. I mean, it is hard to go past him. Uh, and I think that... Just his form. Yeah, I, I think 
I think he'll really want one of these next few tournaments um, because I think he'd, he'd, I think he'd really like to go to Augusta National. Right now, there's probably a perception around him that there's no aura mm. for him at Augusta because it's a place that's had his number in the past. Mm. If he can win, um, whether it's this week at TBC Sawgrass, whether it's the match play, whether it's Texas Open, or whatever whatever his lead in is, if he can just notch a victory in the next few weeks, I think that changes the conversation. If he yeah. goes in there with his back up, chest puffed out, and having won, you know, in, in the preceding weeks leading up to the Masters, that's a whole different kettle of fish mm. those couple of days at Augustus. So I think he'll really be he'll, he'll be focused. Not that he's not each and every week, but this would mean a lot to him, I think, to, to defend his title. Um, well, he'll be the first one to do it. There's never been a repeat champ. And so. he's a great he's a great ambassador for the tour. I think he's uh, I think that means a lot to him. I think he's conscious of his standing in the game. He's undoubtedly uh, a leader in the game, mm. and I think that you know to your to your point, this means a lot to the players. Yeah, that's why it's absolutely. called the players. That's why um, they push um, till they're blue in the face that it's the fifth major. Mm. Uh, I, I'm sure there'd be a handful. I, I think they'd be nuts, but I'm sure there would be a handful who would subscribe to the thinking that you mentioned that this is more important than one or two of the majors. Yeah, um, they're clowns, but the, the, I'm sure that that would <laughs> no, be. I mean, they're entitled to that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the 15 million dollars up for grabs helps with that as well. It certainly does. But it is. Uh, it, it is. I mean, it is a great tournament. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, it's 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 iconic with. The 17th Island Green. There's an awful mm. lot of water around the course. You can get into trouble, but for the great majority of dreads, we're going to go back to what we see most weeks. We, you're not going to get what you had on Saturday at Bay Hill. Mm. You have a lot more forgiving conditions for the players, and that 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 to mine is a shame because if you're going to build it up, I mean Augusta, one of the great challenges in world golf. Um, you know the the US Open this year. Uh, mm. at, at Wingfoot will be that will that will hurt players. Oh, absolutely, they will earn their win there, and yeah. and that's why I think that we go back to TPC Sawgrass every year, and it's beautiful. It's manicured to within an inch of its life. It's picturesque. It's one of the, the nicest and prettiest places I play all year. But it it will be a soft condition, and, and that's what I think for me. That's what holds it back from elevating it to you know the very top tier of tournaments, but. Yeah. It's insane that it's it's a it's one of the best weekends from a viewing perspective to watch the best players. It is it is genuinely this will be the strongest field um, that we've seen, hundred percent so far this year, and and that's what makes the best tournaments is the quality of the field. So looking forward to it. I think it's it 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 does shape as a a good weekend. And yeah, I'm I'm with you. I would not be surprised at all to see Rory um, become that first player to go back to back. Awesome, Jay. Just. Just hit playing so well, and Keep just, need, at the moment, just we? need need to be a good ball striker at TPC Sawgrass. So yeah. it'll be uh, very interesting to see to see who uh, walks away with the trophy at the end of this one. But uh, I'm sure we'll be watching in earnest. Oh man, his his shot tracer that would probably hypnotise me. I yeah. could watch that all day. Yeah. I listen to what watch the shape of his ball. It's yeah, he's. He does some things with a with a golf club and a golf ball that very few people in the world can do. Um, and I mean, shit, if I was in his shoes, I probably would be playing as much as I can to try and avoid military service back home in South Korea. 100%. Uh, but, you know, Godspeed, I hope he does because uh, he, he wouldn't be the first, but I think he may well be the, the biggest loss that the game has seen from that perspective. You know, there's been plenty of players who've, who've been forced out for two years to go and, and serve their compulsory military service for South Korea. And, mm. um, you know, with all due respect to um, to the Democratic um, South Koreans, I'd hate to see that. It would be such a loss for golf because this yeah, kid at 21, he, he could be anything, Drew. Yeah. No, it's exciting. It's very, very exciting. And it'd be nice to see him get one of the big ones, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. I wouldn't be surprised if Rory... Maury's walking away with the trophy at the end of the week. That probably does this, my friend. I think it does. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's a good effort from us. That's a nice brief one tonight. I'm yeah. sure the, the subscribers will be, will be relieved when they download this. You can see something underneath the 60-minute mark. Uh, Drew's 
if they're not subscribing, they absolutely should. Uh, the 19th Tee Podcast, we are on Apple, we're on Spotify, where you get all your podcasts. Also, hit us up on the socials at the 19th Tee Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere, Droids. That's right. We're growing. Uh, don't forget as well, uh, we mentioned earlier uh, the 19th Tee promo code at futuregolf, futuregolf.com.au forward slash join. You get 10% off any new membership with the 19th Tee promo code. And I don't know that I could plug anything more, Trudes, before we wrap it up. You've done well, mate. You've done very well. The single fin was delicious as I was always. Just about to say, need I ask? Uh, but f- but formalities um, yeah. dictate that we do a review and delicious. It's done. Absolutely glowing. Oh, actually, Trudes, one more what? thing. They're very what? silly of me not to have brought this up. You, my friend, went around uh, arguably the best golf course in Western Australia and one of the country's best golf courses today. I did, you yes. You had to hit at Lake Carina. Yes, was very fortunate to be invited out there by, uh, by Grand Cinemas. No uh, for, yeah, obviously, uh, pay to play. obviously, pay to play. Um, pay to play, Grand Cinemas. But look, on this occasion, happy to, happy to wave that for uh, inviting me out there for a round. It, it is absolutely stunning. It is everything that it's cracked up to be. Everyone talks about it being the best course in WA, and uh, that was absolutely sensational. The second hole, uh, it was a shotgun start. We started on three. We finished on two. That second hole was stunning. It was probably one of the best golf views that I've, I've ever had. Um, this elevation changes. Uh, and we played quite well as an Ambrose four ball. I think we finished at four under, which was nice. So Not bad. Uh, yeah, it was a very enjoyable day. Obviously, I'll probably never, ever get to play there again, but uh, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed playing at Lake Carrick. I'll be back at Wembley very soon. <laughs> in, fairness, um, in fairness to Grand Cinemas, they, they did pad to play by paying for you to play at Correct. Lake Caranup. So. Yeah, great call. Yeah. Play. Great, great well day done. out there at, uh, at Lake Caranup and, and probably just more broadly, Drew's public service announcement for anyone that's listening, um, always open to invitations to golf days, programs, any events that you're holding. Uh, we will come out and plug whatever you want. We are for sale. Everyone has their price. Uh, everyone ours, has their price. And ours, ours is pretty president low. low. Yeah. <laughs> ours is... <laughs> ours is low we fluctuate with the economy and, and the arse fell out of the ASX today so much yeah, like that we are we are gone. low we are low alright that's enough well, shit talk let's wrap it up for another week it's been a bloody pleasure as it always is enjoy the players what a weekend it's coming up um, hopefully um, if it's not Rory let's, let's love to see an Aussie up there uh, taking out the, the fifth major as they say and we'll be back my friend uh, we've got another one coming out later this week. We won't tell you who it is right now. Um, mainly because we probably haven't made the decision. Yeah, there'll be something coming that's very good. A couple of really good ones in the can at the moment. So something coming that's very entertaining, no doubt, uh, later on this week. But until then, uh, and until we next speak, uh, keep your head down, uh, swing softly, uh, swing truly, uh, and enjoy the beer at the end. Dreads that. I'll catch you next week. <laughs>